This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers download the PointsBet app today and sign up in any of PointsBet's live states with code PAGE to get five-second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager and bet credits. Again, that's promo code PAGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. Points bet, your move. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new season of the Playing Around podcast. If you've been around from the very start, you know that I have made so many changes, always trying to find the right format. And I think finally, now I've cracked the code and we have Samantha Marks. She has been on before, but you're going to be seeing so much of her. I was sitting down and again, we've tried so many different things with the podcast. And I was like, you know, Sam's great. You guys love when Sam's on. Sam was a really, really good player, still is a good player. And I have a lot of golf experience, more than honestly, most people in the podcasting golf business. Let's really lean into making a really solid golf podcast in a shorter form um, segment because I feel like, you know, podcasts are great, but sometimes you just don't have, you know, two hours, an hour and a half to like sit down and listen and you want all of the golf information, but you want it fast. And so that's what we're going to try to do with this new format. I think you guys are really going to like it, but I wanted to introduce Sam a little bit more because when she's been on in the past, you know, we've mentioned things here and there, but we really haven't talked much about Yo, you're really impressive resume. So Sam, I'm handing it over to you and, you know, go talk about yourself. Oh, I love this. What a happy Monday. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to um, get working on this podcast with Paige. I think we have a great working relationship, but also friend relationship too. And I think that that's very rare um, to be able to have both and it's something we just both decided to lean into, which is pretty exciting. Um, a little bit more about me. I know, like Paige said, we kind of keep it generic. I um, grew up in Orlando, played junior golf, started competing when I was six. Um, and then played in college for North Carolina for two years and then transferred to Arkansas and played for three years there. Um, was really good. My peak moment, I would say, would be my senior high school year, like summer after senior high school year, qualified for the U.S. Open, um, made a hole in one when I was there. So that was definitely my um, claim to fame. And I'm going to put that on my gravestone probably. So um, but as far as um, golf goes, I mean, it's definitely just a fun thing now if I feel like it. Um, I know Paige and I've talked about like kind of getting burned by the competitive nature of it and the high level that both of us played at. And so I um, am trying to get my love back for it again, but I uh, ultimately just hated practicing and that's why I never went further with it. But now if I can get out for nine holes with my family or with friends, like that's a win in my book. I don't keep score. Um, I have no interest in that because it's truly just a game for me now. And that's kind of what I think we want this podcast to be. It's just super fun. Um, breaking down everything you need to know about golf, but just keeping it fun and lighthearted. You know, it's, it's funny. We've been friends for a while and I don't think I've ever asked you this after college. Did you even try to play professionally? No. Um, I played in a few LPGA events during college, like at Arkansas. If you're in the top two or three, you get 
into the Monday qualifier at the Walmart LPGA and I, I Monday qualified for that. Um, but I never wanted to because I didn't want to practice. <laughs> um, I was a news reporter right after college and a news anchor in Colorado. And I just, I dropped the clubs and I didn't touch them for a long time. Um, so I was just kind of burned by the the whole practice you know, how you have to do it all the time. And there's like really no way to not do it. So I was just turned off by that. I think a lot of people don't realize making it is not just about having the skill level to be able to play at the highest level in golf. Obviously, that is really important. If you're not good enough, then you're not going to make it. But there are so many other key factors that come into play when it comes to professional golf. Like for you, you didn't like practicing or like the daily grind. And people are like, well, you know, playing golf is such a great job. You get to do it every single day. It's not fun when you have to practice, you know, seven, eight hours every single day. And especially when you're on the road and grinding with all the pro-ams you're playing golf every single day and if you don't like that aspect of it you're never going to make it and then there's the mental side of it there's the life on the road it's quite lonely there are so many things that go into it and people just don't ever realize that yeah I couldn't agree more I feel like I was one of the people who if I could play in a tournament every day I would have been so good like I loved competing I you know really got up for that for lack of a better way to say that and I just um, when it came to practicing, I was like, oh my God, I would rather sit down and watch the grass grow. Like I cannot do it. I can't sit here on the range. I just was, I just had no interest in it. So that's what it came down to. I mean, um, so now it's just kind of trying to find the fun balance of it, but we have a lot of fun coming up in the schedule. A ton of fun. So we have the waste management and Super Bowl. They are on the same weekend. And also in the same place, which doesn't happen often. Last time it happened in Arizona was 2015 and it was crazy, hectic and insane. If you know the WM, it is the biggest party in golf. I mean, people turn up, it is packed. It's so much fun. And then to add the Super Bowl on top of that, I I don't know how I'm going to survive, but we're going to have to because then I go to Vegas Monday after that entire week um, for a really fun event with swag. And then from there, I go to LA for a shoot literally the next day. And then after that, um, we are going to Chicago, going to be at the Chicago Golf Show, tons of shoots with all of my partners. And then we go to Australia (laughs) after that. So the first like five weeks, um, starting February 1st are going to be so much fun, very hectic. And I think a lot of great content is going to come from that, um, to the podcast and I can't wait. Have you been to the WM before? I never have. It's, you know, I always say that it was a lot of fun, but now it's almost like so crazy and so much of a party that you really have to like prepare yourself for it. And again, it's it's one tournament that you have to go to. And I even tell people this, like if you have one tournament to go to and it's the WM or the Masters, go to the WM because it really, really? is. Yeah, because it's so much fun and there's so much to do, you know, in Scottsdale and they really just make it like this true event. And every single day is just, again, like the biggest party you will go to. And with the Masters, it's cool. But, you know, when it starts on Thursday, you're, you kind of feel like you're walking on eggshells because you don't want to mess anyone up. And it's very strict there and there's no phones. And it's a really great experience. And they're totally different. It's almost like you can't even compare. But if you just want to go and have the best time ever and feel like you're at another sporting event and not just a golf tournament, and if you're trying to introduce people to the game of golf, then the WM is the way to go. I'm super excited. I've heard great things. Like you said, I mean, there's always a ton of celebrities there. It's the rush to the par three in the morning. Like I really started to want to go when um, Joel Damon and Harry Higgs ripped their shirts off. That was really my selling point. I was like, I got to get out there. So (laughs) I'm super excited. And obviously the Super Bowl being on the same weekend is going to make it impossible to find an Uber. So we'll, um, we'll have great fun with that. But yeah, you have an Uber called my parents. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, we are ready to drive anyone around. We have our minivan. We are good to go. I can't wait. That's awesome. Um, Let's get into some golf. 
Yeah, but before that, I do want to talk about something that we both have been working on for a very, very long time that finally launched and almost took us away from, you know, starting this new season of the podcast a little bit sooner is I launched my own subscription site called OnlyPage. And Sam has really been the driver behind like building the site and getting it to where, you know, I want it to be. And so that has been a lot of our time getting that going. But people have been loving it. Um, They say the content's better than ever. I really wanted a place where I could freely express myself and not feel like I was put in a box on social media. Sometimes I feel that way because if I ever do golf content, then they're like, well, we want more sexy. If I ever do sexy, then they're upset because then it looks like I have gone away from golf content. So this is really a hub for all of the content that I've ever wanted to create. So we have a really incredible golf instructional series. We start from the basics. So if you've never played the game before, this is a really great place for you to go. Honestly, we strip it all the way back and it's where do you find clubs? What do you wear? What do you do when you get to the golf course? And then from there, we did the basics of putting, chipping and full swing. And we're going to be shooting more content soon of like the next iteration of shot shaping and course management. And so we want to continue to keep growing that and working with some really great golf instructors to give you some practice plans. And then on the personal side, never before seen very sexy pictures behind the scenes of all the events that I go to. As well as like just, you know, my everyday life of like cooking content, workout content. And I talk about Miko there and give fun facts about myself. And it's been a really creative process for me because I've been able to express myself in so many different ways and just do what I want to do. But I, I will say that it's funny because I launched OnlyPage and of course the name is very cheeky, but it's not an OnlyFans. And I think most people really get that and they love that and they really enjoy the content. But I have received some comments where people are worried that this is like a gateway to porn. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're posting too many bikini pictures. All of a sudden you're going to be doing porn now and you're not going to be doing golf. And that's not the case. You know, I, I want to always be golf focused, but sexy has just been a part of my brand from the very beginning. And I mean, Sam has really understood that through this entire process. I always get told like, no, that's too sexy. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know, you got to always, you know, play by the rules of the golf industry. And for the first time, like working with Sam, she's like, let's do it. You want to put this up? Let's put this up. You want to do this? Let's do this. So it's been really fun to like work with you on that side and, and the, the process of just finding like that perfect balance. It is, a, it is a balance. And I think it's something that like, you know, like people on our team always say, build the plane as you fly it. We're figuring out as it go, as we go. And that's totally fine. Um, this is something that's ever evolving. It's updated almost daily. It's, you know, we're just figuring it out as we go. None of us have done this before. Um, it would have been easier to just start an OnlyFans, but <laughs> we're doing it our own way. And I think that that's pretty cool that we get to have such a diversified set of content. Um, it's really somewhere that page, you know, you feel like you can do whatever you want. And I think that that's, you know, you're not stuck to golf. You're not stuck to sexy photos. You can post a video of you cooking eggs. Like that's just so awesome because there are people out there, a lot of people based on signups who really care about that and really want to see you and get to know more about you behind um, your Instagram. So I'm happy that things are going well and that you're enjoying it above all else. Um, But I think like you said, it's finding the balance between golf and sexy and lifestyle content, because unlike a lot of influencers in the world, you're up against a tough community. Like you're up against the golf stigma of stuffy and pretentious. And that's hard. You know, there's tons of bikini influencers out there and that's all they post all day long and they don't get any hate for it because that's what they're supposed to be doing. So it's just, it's finding out what works and you're never going to make any, everybody happy. So I think just keeping that in mind and this kind of thing is just, it's key. Yeah. And, And I always try to push against that. And, you know, my whole brand is trying to make golf fun and different. And I always say that my community that we've built is just a bunch of misfits who love the game of golf and maybe, you know, don't love that country club lifestyle or they don't fit into the stuffiness, but that doesn't mean that they can't enjoy the game of golf and they can't um, want to grow it to other people. So since we're talking about golf, let's get into golf. There has been a ton of really interesting headlines this past weekend. We had the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines where Max Homa won by two over Keegan Bradley and it was his sixth PGA Tour win. I just want to say that Max Homa is 
amazing for golf. We've never had someone be able to play at such a high level and then also be able to connect with so many people off the golf course too. He's funny. He's interesting. He's open. He's honest. And you just don't get that with most professional athletes and especially in golf. And it goes back to what we were just talking about because golf is so conservative and so stuffy. I feel like a lot of these PGA Tour players are nervous to actually show their personality because you say one wrong thing or it's a little too edgy and you get so much hate or your partners don't like it. And he just is himself all the time. And he makes your mom jokes on Twitter. And he'll also talk about his son and being a dad, you know, because he he just, um, his wife, Lacey just gave birth to their son. And so it's just been really interesting to follow his journey of being known as this funny guy on Twitter to now being a real threat on the PGA Tour. I saw a stat where he's won more than any other PGA Tour player in the last 20 months. That's insane. I think it's, well, obviously it's because he has perspective as a dad now. Um, So that's, you know, there's that, but it was awesome to see his first um, win with his son in attendance and his wife, obviously they're a cute little family now, but I mean, I'm full send on Max Homa. Um, I think, like you said, I think it's been awesome since COVID during COVID. I feel like it kind of started when pros were really opening up more about themselves and and they didn't have anything else to do. So I kind of, I get it, but I think it's been really awesome to see how he's been winning a ton, but has maintained that person of personal ability Never mind. I went, you know, they they don't teach grammar there. And um, so I think he can keep that personal side on Twitter, which I think is awesome. I know he's probably with the way that he's winning one of the busiest people on tour and he still makes time to connect with people. And I think that that's really cool. But I think we should make T-shirts like what would it what would Max Homa's fan club be called? Like home. I was thinking home is homies. Ooh, that's a good one. I think we can make some shirts for that. Go to the WM, like repping some Homa homies shirts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's perfect. I think I don't know why I was literally laying in bed last night thinking about what would Max Homa's fan club be called? Like, it has to be that has to I don't think there's anything else that we can call his fan club. Well, no one steal it. We're doing it first. Let's make shirts. All right, let's do it. Um, but I think he's you know, I was listening to golf channel yesterday. And I think he's on track to being a real contender for the US Open. I mean, he's won a majority of his tournaments in California. He's a California kid. Um, so I think that that's that's something to consider going into the Open. The U.S. Open is going to be played at LACC. Beautiful golf course. I'm excited for that tournament. But he has the type of game where he plays really well in tough conditions. He's an incredible ball striker. I've told this story many times before, but I played with him at True North, which I personally don't think it's that easy of a golf course because visually with all the desert, it really just fucks me up. And he didn't miss a shot literally did not miss a shot. And if it was two yards off of the center line, he was upset. And he's very fiery. And most people don't see that as much on the golf course. He's highly competitive, really fiery. He has that that burning desire to just win and to win big and to win a lot. And so I think once he, we talked about this kind of before he started to get, you know, his feet underneath him. But once he starts getting those wins, he's going to be unstoppable. And he's a real threat going into all of the majors because he is such a great ball striker. He has the mental side and he can play in really tough conditions. So anytime you're betting, looking at course conditions and they're hard, Max Homa is always a really great guy when it comes to that. It is interesting though, because you would think that Max Homa winning would be a huge storyline and it was, but he was almost overshadowed by Sam Ryder and the joggers. People were roasting Sam about his joggers. Phil Mickelson, which I didn't see because I blocked, but people were posting about it. That Phil Mickelson even had this tweet saying, how can he show four inches of skin? Also, if Phil thinks that that's four inches. I feel sorry for his wife, but he was showing maybe like an inch of ankle and they weren't super tight. I thought he looked good, but it just shows how incredibly frustrating golf Twitter can be that they were so bothered by Sam Ryder wearing joggers. It's just a bunch of, you know, what do they call it when your dad is like backseat driving, backseat driving? That's what it is. It's a bunch of people who can't hit a shot to save their lives, backseat driving, sitting on their couch, eating popcorn, drunk, bitching about Sam Ryder's pants. Like this is the same thing that happened with the hoodies on the golf course. This is the same thing, maybe toned down a little bit, but it's like, can we get a life? Like, do you guys have anything else to do? How is it a big deal? And how is it still a big deal? 
This happens every single time that Sam Ryder is in contention. For the last probably four years, anytime he's in contention and on TV, someone will mention his joggers. It's not like he just woke up Sunday at Tory and was like, this is the first day I'm ever going to wear joggers. He has been doing this for a very long time and it's always a big story and people are always so bothered by it. Yeah, you're right. Same thing with the hoodies and the blade collar. If there's anything just slightly different in golf, everyone freaks out because it's all about tradition. And how can you progress the game forward? word if you're always so focused on things that don't even matter at all doesn't matter i mean it's just really interesting from phil who wears a full button-down shirt on the golf course now granted that's not showing skin but like if you want to stick with tradition what was that again people are triggered by showing skin i see it every day oh my god anyway more drama over um in dubai of course, because that's, you know, that tracks. But Rory, this was overnight because I have no idea what day this tournament was played in. I have no idea what time zone, what hour it is. That's what I kept seeing on Twitter is people like, what is going on with this tournament? Like, I haven't seen anything about it. Then when it airs, it's like 12 hours later. Well, not only that, it was also because Tori started on Wednesday instead of Thursday. So everyone was just all discombobulated like all over the place like I had no idea what was going on I even forgot that it started Wednesday and then they were playing the second round on like a Saturday it was so confusing (laughs) yeah it was really confusing and then Dubai finished on Monday due to weather but like Monday it was Sunday here when it was finishing Monday I don't know it was just confusing so God knows nobody makes it easy to watch golf because you have to have 17 streaming services and 17 clocks to even watch the golf broadcast, but whatever. Rory (laughs) birdied his last hole, made like a 14-foot putt to avoid um, a playoff with apparently his enemy, Patrick Reed. What is up with this? Well, this even started at the beginning of the week with T-Gate, where the story came out that Patrick Reed went over to say hi to Rory. Rory ignored him, probably because he was served a, (laughs) um, what's it called? A um, He was subpoenaed. He was subpoenaed. Yes, he was subpoenaed um, on Christmas Day. And then Patrick Reed was surprised that Rory wouldn't acknowledge his presence. So he turns around and throws a T at Rory. It did sound much worse than the video actually showed. It looked like Patrick was just, you know, being very playful. And I'm actually curious because I <laughs> I always stand up for the Reeds because I don't want to be sued. But I'm always curious if Patrick Reed even knows that any of this is going on. Does he know that this is happening or is he just completely out of it and it's Justine and his lawyer? Like, I don't know the dynamic of it, but I feel like it's a, a pretty weird move for Patrick to know that that happened and then to go up to Rory and be upset because he didn't acknowledge him. Yeah, I agree. It makes you think, like, how much is Patrick really involved in all of this if he's still willing to walk up and think that they're besties? Like, I don't know. It just seems a little, and it almost is worse. Like, if he does know, then that's pretty tone deaf. Like, You know, and I think we know that, I mean, I don't know if his Twitter or following is him or Justine, but that's another subject. And I don't know what he sees and doesn't see, but I was impressed with Rory being able to, you know, fight back at the end there. Patrick led twice on the back nine. Rory fought back. Rory loves this place. He's won this event three times. It was the site of his first professional win in 2009. Um, But I thought this quote was interesting that Rory said yesterday or today, I guess, whatever day it was. He said, mentally, today was probably one of the toughest rounds I've ever had to play because it would be really easy to let your emotions get in the way. So Rory has a great reputation on the PGA Tour of, you know, standing up for everybody below him and the player advisory council. And he's kind of a leader on the PGA Tour. And so for him to be impacted by this, I mean, kind of means it's a pretty big deal. So I was impressed. Um, I still think the T thing is just so weird, but whatever. So weird. But it just shows that when Rory has something that he can play for, he's unstoppable. Rory is almost too talented. And I think that at times when he isn't playing well, he just loses focus and he just doesn't have that desire. And he'll just go out and he'll just kind of play. And it's like, he's so talented that he can still get around. But when he has something that he can hold on to, and anytime there's a big controversy before a tournament, Rory wins and he backs it up. And I feel like he almost needs that. He almost needs that kind of the drama to like get him going, to get him competitive, to like get him in that mindset to like kill and to win. Because I don't think that naturally just comes to him. And so anytime there's any type of controversy, and I think that is why I keep saying this, that at the Masters, it's going to be a true test 
But Rory is going to shine because you know he's going to be extremely vocal as he always is in his press conference before the tournament even starts. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk with the players. And I think he's going to use that as motivation to come out on top because he always plays well when he has something that's kind of like pushing him to like get it done. I couldn't agree more. I think he's somebody to watch at the Masters. I think so is Max Homa at this point, if he's going to keep this up. But um, I think the the whole live golfers who's allowed where it's just it's I feel like every week there's another headline about it. It came out that the live players are unwelcome at the Seminole Pro member this week. The president, Jimmy Dunn, said that the live players aren't allowed or they're not that they're not allowed, but they're unwelcome and they're not going to be prioritized on the guest list. So I just I, I don't know what we're doing here. I'm very lost. It's going to be such an interesting year for the Live Tour because there has been so many changes where people in higher management have now left. And it's been a bit quieter than it was last year where Greg Norman was extremely vocal about wanting to go head to head with the PGA Tour. And you're not hearing as much from the players. You're not hearing as much from the Live Tour. And so I'm interested to see when it starts up again, if we're going to see any more players jump over or if the PGA Tour is really starting to establish their dominance um, with this kind of head-to-head competition that they're having with the Live Tour. It seems like a lot of the players who were going back and forth and were speculated to potentially be going to the Live Tour have vocally committed to being with the PGA Tour. To be fair, though, I think a lot of people said that they were committed to the PGA Tour and then dipped a week later. (laughs) So I don't know. I really I have I don't trust anybody on the PGA Tour anymore. I don't trust anybody on the Live Golf Tour. I feel like we all had a great relationship. And now I feel like I don't even know what's real anymore. And I just I feel like it's interesting that, you know, obviously I did. I never thought the Masters was going to tell the Live Golfers they weren't allowed to play. But I think with the World Golf Rankings how they are, which is a whole other podcast episode, that it's interesting. If you look at the World Golf Rankings right now, it's insane. It truly is. It will be interesting to see. And I think we'll get more insight because all of this is hearsay for anyone outside of the inner workings of Live or PGA Tour. And that's pretty much everyone except for the players and the head honchos. I think we're going to get an inside look with the new Netflix doc that is coming out really soon. And it's all about last year, which was the craziest year in golf. I don't think that they could have gotten any luckier, but that should give us some perspective on what some of the players were thinking, how it's been working. And I hope that they are very honest and open and not trying to make everything look perfect, which I think is what a lot of people in golf tend to do. I agree. And we're going to have Chad Mum on the podcast here um, in a couple of weeks. And we're really excited because he's the producer of that docuseries. It's eight episodes. It comes out on February 15th, right after the Super Bowl, right after waste management. You're going to keep it rolling, binge a series on that Wednesday. So I think it's it's going to be exciting. I listened to a couple podcasts that he was on. And one of the things that stood out to me is that he said that people's perception of Brooks are going to change. So that makes me hopeful that, you know, they they did stick the nasty stuff in there and they didn't just try to make it all rainbows and butterflies, which I think will impress a lot of people because that's really what we want. So we'll see. Agreed. And I've always been a fan of Brooks and Jenna. So I really hope that um, some good comes out of that because it's true. I've always said this because people always ask me, who are the players that you've met that you liked and who are the players that you've met that you don't like? And the players who have the reputation of being terrible and not liked on tour have been the nicest to me and my favorite. And the ones who have a reputation of being really nice and so cool are not really all that nice and cool. And so it will be interesting to see more of an inside look to their personalities. Do you want to improve your game faster and hit your driver longer? The good news is ShotScope can help you achieve your goals. ShotScope has products for every golfer, such as GPS watches, laser rangefinders, and shot tracking devices designed to lower scores and improve your golf by over four shots on average. I use the Pro LX Plus rangefinder on the course to get my distances. What I love most about ShotScope is tracking my game and reviewing my stats. The great news is your personalized stats are completely free with no yearly subscription. If I can use it, anyone can. Jump over to ShotScope.com today and find the perfect product for you. And remember to use my code PAGE at checkout. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. We have a new segment, which I'm excited about. It is, I said what I said. Sam and I tend to get ourselves in a lot of fights on social media. And so every week we are going to be picking a little tiff that we got into and we're going to discuss it. And this week was all on me. (laughs) I pissed off. PGA teaching professionals. So while I was launching OnlyPage, I was talking about the instructional side and someone tweeted at me and said, you're better off just going to a local pro than getting good golf instruction online. And I tweeted, truth is most quote unquote local pros aren't very good and the great ones are very expensive. It's a fun trend to shit on me, but I played at a high level and I've learned from the best. If I weren't doing social media, I'd be a teaching professional. I'm giving you great instructions for $10 a month. And so everyone freaked out because I said local pro and that insinuated that PGA teaching professionals in your area are not very good. And that is not what I said at all, but I am not backing down on this take. I do believe that poor golf instruction does actually hurt a ton of people getting into the game because there are so many that are not very good and you don't actually have to be certified to be able to teach. Some Joe Schmo off the street could all of a sudden decide that he wants to be a teaching professional and you can do that. If you want to get clients, you can do that. There are no regulations set in place for teaching professionals in golf. And also the PGA teaching certification It's difficult, but they cover so many different topics from like merchandise to how to run clinics to the business side to also teaching. And the main focus is not actually on teaching. It's so many different topics. And the playing test that you have to complete, most people don't actually do it the first time. It takes them at least five times to do it and only 30% of them will pass it the first time time. You have to play from, I've heard multiple things. I read online that you have to play from at least 6,000. Teaching professionals reached out to me and they said, no, you actually have to play from at least 62 to 65. I heard so many different things. I think it really is dependent on the course that you're playing on. Um, But my pro who went through the course, he said it was only 6,000 yards and he played professionally and said it was really easy and you have to shoot at least it's under 15 over the course rating. And it's a bit confusing how they do it, but if it's, they calculate the course rating and then put the handicap in and you have to shoot at least 15 over par under that, under 15 over par. That makes sense. All in all, it's very confusing, but it's not that hard of a challenge. And that's what I called them out on. If you've played professional golf, 
like my teaching instructor who played, you know, he played at Kansas. He's a really good pro, but he couldn't quite make it on the PGA tour. He said it was the easiest thing he's ever done. They put the pins in the middle of the green, every single one, no slopes, no challenges. It it was so simple. He shot like 62, 62. And I had so many instructors reaching out to me, one saying, they need to make it tougher. It's not hard enough. You need to be able to play at a higher level. And then some were like, it was so difficult for me. I could barely do it. It took me five times. Uh, so the whole thing was convoluted and people were very upset with me that I was dissing PGA <laughs> teaching professionals. But people don't even know the difference between a PGA teaching professional and a PGA pro. People don't even know the difference between the PGA and the PGA tour. So I think you're just talking to people who just want to be mad about something. And I I double down with what you said. And I think that playing experience is so important. Um, Think about it. If, if the PGA program to get certified was teaching one way to swing the golf club, how does all this other stuff exist? How do all these other methods exist? If everybody was just learning one way to swing the golf club, then like, that's not a thing. They're teaching things like you said, how to do calligraphy on a leaderboard. Like this is not about, it's not focused on the golf swing. And so I think people just got lost in what you were saying because they don't understand the correct terminology. But I do respect, you know, you reaching out to local pros who are talking to you and DMing you and clearing the air. And I think you have some action items you want to implement now after this. Yeah, because I... I it really isn't a diss on anyone who's gone through the PGA certification program. It's the fact that they're almost bogged down with too many responsibilities to be able to focus on teaching. And some of them don't actually like teaching and teaching is such a special skill that you need to have. And I really wish there were two programs. If you want to stay in golf and maybe work for a country club and you could do junior golf clinics, you can do all these things and you can do the calligraphy, you can do all of that. But then there's another program to be a instructor. I don't think it should be all put in together. That is so much for one person to be able to handle. And especially if you're a head pro at a country club, you are running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Like you don't have time to be able to really hone in on your teaching skills and make sure that you are um, giving 10 lessons a day or whatever. Maybe you don't have time to do that. And I think that's the root of the bigger issue is that there should be two programs. And if you want to teach, then you do one program. And if you don't want to teach or if that be your main focus, then you can do the other program. I don't think that's wrong at all. But I was reaching out to a ton of local um, teaching professionals who really have a passion for it. And I'm going to be implementing some of the drills that they've sent over on only page and shouting them out. And so if you are in their area, you can get lessons from people who I have approved and that I think are good instructors because having a bad instructor can hurt your game so much. I went through a ton of instructors throughout my career. They all have different philosophies and it honestly kind of screwed me up. It really screwed me up because one day I was one plane, the next day I'm two plane, the next I'm doing the stack and tilt, and then I'm doing Mac O'Grady, and then I'm doing Ledbetter, and then I'm doing all of these different philosophies. And it is so difficult to do all of them or try to do all of them and to change. And people don't realize how expensive golf instruction is. A good golf instructor is charging at least, at least $150 an hour. And you're going to have to go to them at least again once a week, if you really want to see changes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think it's, it's an interesting debate that I think, like I said, just got lost in the terminology, which is unfortunate, but Hey, hater clicks are still clicks. So who's really winning here? And I told them this too, because Anytime I see a hate comment about myself, I'll look and, you know, normally it's like a Bible verse. No, for me, it's PGA certified professional, teaching professional. So respect goes both ways. If you want to respect me and what I'm doing, then I'll respect you and what you're doing. And again, that's what's just lacking in the golf community. Everyone thinks that they are the top of the top and then look down at everyone else who does something different. And that's just not okay. But I stand by what I said that good golf instruction online is better than a shitty lesson. A good lesson in person is better than anything you'll ever find. But you have to find that really great instructor that works for you. So my advice is to do your research, check out their resume, see where they played. Because in sports, 
you don't have to be at the top of your level to be a good coach. But with golf, I actually think that's quite different because of all the different shot shapes that you have to do and you have to know how to do it yourself to be able to teach that. And even if you are teaching someone who's new to the game of golf, you just need to know and have the knowledge to be a good instructor and you get more knowledge by playing more and being around other instructors. And I just think it's really important. But we'll move on to TNA and everyone's favorite segment. So we have a couple questions here that we'll get right into. So the first one is, do you have a golf club deal? What's your go-to club manufacturer? So I don't have a golf club deal, but I do work with Club Champion. And I decided to do this because I felt bad when I was with only one club company because it doesn't mean that it's going to fit your game perfectly. And I could love Callaway clubs or TaylorMade clubs or Pink clubs or PXGs, but that might not be the best brand for you. Each brand has a certain profile that seems to fit different types of players. And there are certain clubs that I just don't like or that I don't fit well into. Are you the same way, Sam? Yeah, I've never been one manufacturer in a bag. I've always been like this type of irons, this driver, these wedges, this putter. I think I mean, if you're starting out and you just want to go buy a starter set, that's one manufacturer. Yeah. I think that's great. But um, I I could never find something that I loved every single club in the bag. You know, I love TaylorMade irons. I don't like their wedges. So then I go Cleveland wedges and then TaylorMade driver and then Titleist putter. And that's just what works best for me. Um, but I think club champion and the way that you can just do whatever you want, whatever fits best is the best thing for people who are, you know, actually good golfers. I think that's the way to go. Well, and that's interesting because I have tailor-made wedges in my bag. So it just proves the point that, you know, you're going to find something that works for you that might not work for anyone else. And so I felt really good working with Club Champion and with all of the partners that I have. I want it to be products that I love, that I would use, that I would pay for, that, you know, people seem to have good relationships with. I think if you go to any tour pro, if they had the choice, they would not have one brand in their bag entirely down. They just wouldn't because that's just not how it works. And so you can go to Club Champion and try every single brand out, see what works for you. They have different combinations of shafts and club heads and grips, and it's truly customizable, which I love. And you feel like a tour player when you're there because they treat you so well. It's just a really cool experience. And so definitely go check them out. I have a code, it's Paige. And so when you are booking your appointment, when you're calling, you give them the code, they'll know what you're talking about, or you can do it online. They have so many locations in the States. So definitely go check that out. Next question is... WTF is up with all the fake accounts. Oh, this is just ridiculous. So Sam is getting (laughs) her first taste of it because, you know, Sam works on my team now and I've been dealing with this for a really long time. But just recently, there was another person who was scammed by a fake account and the scammer goes all out. Like they'll send fake driver's license, um, fake checks, anything that you can think of, they're doing it. And of course it is badly Photoshopped. And so if you have just any idea, like what you're looking for, you'll know right away. But I report at least 20 fake accounts every single day, every day. And they keep popping up. We're trying to do everything that we can. I think a couple keys to look out for is if it is not coming from my verified account, it's not me. And if it's someone who has bad sentence structure, bad grammar, can't seem to really put a sentence together, not me. (laughs) Sometimes I'll see these sentences and it's just like, how did you think that was me? Do you think I'm like typing at like a kindergarten level? It's offensive, honestly. It is. And it's scary, you know, because your safety is the utmost important to all of, you know, your whole team and you and your family. And that's what I think is is the hard part is that these people are very convincing. Um, you know, they're preying on people who might not know better. And it's it's scary because then your safety gets gets compromised and that's not fair. So Paige doesn't have any other accounts. There's no alternative accounts. It's the check mark and she didn't buy it on Twitter from Elon Musk. It's the real check mark. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. I how did. Many- Wait, I didn't tell you this. So I wanted to upload a like three minute video when I was 
going through the shit with the PGA teaching professionals. And I couldn't do it on the normal Twitter. So I had to upgrade and pay like $11 a month. And I lost it. it ha- I have my check mark, but it says this isn't a verified account. So I got to get another check mark now because all I want to do is post that three minute video. And now I'm paying $11 a month for the Twitter subscription, Twitter blue. I'm part of Twitter blue now. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not giving out your phone number to people. You're not giving no. out your email. You're like, just use some common sense here, guys. I don't have a Google Hangout, uh, WhatsApp. Like I'm not talking on any other uh, platform, but my social media and only page. So again, and that's the great thing also too, about the subscription site. There's no fake accounts there. Because I feel like people are saying like, I'll comment on one of your videos and then I'll get 10 fake accounts, which is really frustrating because I feel like people now aren't interacting as much because they're worried about, you know, just being bothered by all these fake accounts. And again, yeah, it's a safety issue. It's just not cool. So um, just block and report and know that it's not me. And it's so bad that I will even reach out on my verified account to like let them know that it's not me. And they're like, I don't believe you. I'm like, ugh. Can't win. Can't win. Okay. So the next question, last question is, what is your ideal first date? I think any date that is unique and different and personalized. And so obviously you have communication going into the first date. And if there's like anything that I've said in passing or like, I really love ice cream or I love this or I love that. And you incorporate that into the date. I think that is really, really special. I'm a little bit different because most people I have heard now that like a first date normally is just like drinks. Like you don't go out and do this whole thing. And I was talking to Dan about it because he was taking this girl out for drinks. I'm like, you're not even taking her out to dinner. And he's like, no, no one does that anymore. Like no one does that. I'm like, how am I so out on all of this stuff? Yeah. I've noticed that too, especially around COVID. But when, I mean, that was a different day. That was a whole other dating structure. (laughs) But um, I think it's like, I've heard that it's like, people want to see if you're worth dinner first, which is insane. Like people want to go get coffee or go get a drink to see if it's worth going to dinner, see if it's worth spending those few hours versus just the 45 minutes, an hour of a drink. It's like less commitment, which if they can't commit to dinner with you, then maybe red flag. Yeah, I can see if you're talking to someone that you like just met, I can see doing a little bit of a coffee date. But anytime in the past, I would always talk to someone for a while before I would commit to a first date. And if they were like, hey, let's just go to drinks, I would not be too happy with that. Honestly, I want someone to make, you know, make the effort and put some time and energy into it. And I think that's just kind of lacking in dating these days where people just, you know, kind of are casually doing it and not putting as much effort into it as they used to. I do. I agree. And I think something that, you know, my, for, my ideal first date would be similar to what you said, but I love it when the guy takes initiative, like yes. just tell me where we're going and when we're going there, don't say, what do you want to do? When do you want to go? Like say, are you free Friday to go to sushi sake at 7 PM reservation yes. is made? Will you meet me there? Or I'll pick you up or like, just tell me what's going on. The girls love control so much that when somebody else just does one simple thing for them, it's like, we are head over heels. I mean, it's the bare minimum, but it's true and it works. I was talking to my friend the other night and he was having some girl issues and he was like, I asked her to be my Valentine over text. And her response was, maybe if you ask me in person, it's so simple. Like all she wanted was for him to plan a date that was romantic, to take her out and to ask her to be his Valentine, like in person at that date, that's all she wanted. It's not hard. Just like take the initiative, plan it. And if she doesn't appreciate it, then you know right away that she's red flag and she's not worth your time if she doesn't appreciate you taking the initiative and doing something kind and sweet. Maybe we need to do a segment next week on the whole Valentine's thing, because I don't feel like any, any guy knows that that's actually what you're supposed to do. Like for oh. you know, the girl to be their Valentine. 
Yeah. Next week we are doing a, a, a Valentine's TNA. So make sure to write in your questions. You can send it to the playing around podcast and the messages there. We're always checking it, or you can send it an email at par at iheartradio.com. So two ways to uh, find us and also just feature TNA questions as well. But I really hope you guys enjoyed this new season. First episode it went a little bit longer because we had to obviously get re introduced and talk about all these life updates that um, we both had. But again, moving forward, it's going to be a little bit shorter, quicker and hitting everything golf. So again, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to uh, listen to all of our future podcasts, subscribe to only page, leave a nice review on wherever you find your podcasts. And Sam, I think that's it. All right. That's a wrap. See you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. PointsBet exclusive lightning bets mean you can bet live on the next play minute by minute or build the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets right in the middle of the action. With PointsBet, you can cash out before the game is over and get your money instantly. Plus, every day at 6 p.m. Eastern, there's PointsBet Power Hour where customers get bet credits, boosted odds, and more. So download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code PAGE in any of PointsBet's live states to get a second chance on your first five bets up to 100 each. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager and bet credits. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.